You're listening to the Lux Lounge Podcast, the official podcast of Urban Lux Real Estate. And now, here are your hosts, Joe and Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Welcome to the Lux, Lux Lounge Podcast, episode, I think, 23. 23 is what he said? Yeah. Crazy. After this one, you know what? 24. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to bring it today. I got no energy. I know. You've been feisty all day today. <laughs> well, if anybody knows us here at Urban Lux, we kind of do a lot of stuff together. And uh, one of our, our, our staff here, our broker, Sierra, um, she conned me into doing a spin class at 530. And I thought it was at 5. So I was there early and uh, cursing her for a while. And you're supposed to get energy from doing that stuff. I'm dragging, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely uh, kind of, you know, looking at the MLS, it's one of those days you're like, yeah. I'm done. Oh, God. And it, it literally at like quarter to four this morning, I'm like getting up or quarter to five and I'm looking at the MLS and I'm like, well, you know, maybe something will come on later on today. It's later on today and nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I was just telling you, I looked at the same search 14 times already. Oh my God. And it's funny because um, we're getting more buyer leads. I mean, I keep getting some buyer leads and uh, uh, some politics stuff in California is driving more people into Arizona. We're a great place for, for people to end up. You know, if they don't like the taxation and the politics or whatnot, um, we're starting to see a lot more of that movement, which is cool and great for Arizona, but we have no houses to sell them. Yeah, my buyers are definitely getting a little more frustrated. A lot of them are on the investment side, um, but, you know, we're, we're still looking. The nice thing is there's no hurry, but it'd be nice to, you know, check them off the list. So you do more investor business than I do. I used to do a lot more in the past and uh, don't do it near as much now. Um where can you make money right now in real estate? Uh, VRBOs is really the, you know, it's harder to find longer term rentals that are going to gonna really cash flow. Um, but, you know, it's still doable. It just takes some time. Yeah. But the VRBOs is really where the, the money is being made. See, 20 years ago when I got in real estate, I actually had clients and I'd say, well, you're not going to, the return on investment was actually a negative return. So we'd sell people property saying, you're going to lose $20 a month. But the equity gain is so great that in a few years when you sell this thing, you're going to make your windfall there. Because it's very difficult to get a return on investment monthly and equity gain. Because you can go to Missouri and buy a house for $25,000 and make good rent. It's still going to be worth $25,000 when you sell it 20 years later. Right. No equity gain. We, um, We have actually some guys right now that are willing to lose money or break even for a couple of years, knowing that the rents are going to go up and then, you know, they don't really want the cash flow at this at this time. So that's always an, an interesting approach. Um, but you know, I understand it more now with you know some of these guys, they just they want to get their money into something. Oh, yeah. I mean, not doing I mean, stock market's a little weird. I, I'm getting pit, pitched more uh, Bitcoin type of things by my investor. I'm like, is there nothing on Wall Street that you can sell me? Like, you're going to sell me cryptocurrencies? <laughs> yeah, I had a buddy of mine who was pitching me some diamond coin or this coin with real diamonds in it it's like it's five grand a coin well you have so many diamonds already what do you need that one for exactly (laughs) (laughs) but staying on the investor front i'm really interested on that so um again we used to lose money to gain equity now vrbo is a different kind of animal and people are making good returns on that i mean really great returns i know like north of 10 percent usually that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, and it's it's steady, right? There's no vacancies for the most part. Yeah, I mean, your your rates go down in the summer, but and you're occupied a little bit less, but you know, all the houses still did really really well this summer. Yeah. So, what's a perfect 
VRBO property? Uh, perfect would be like a five bedroom, at least three bath, nice big yard pool. Um, we've got, you know, one down here that, um, I almost had, John was going to list it and we were, my guy was going to buy it. That thing's probably going to do 125 grand this year. Wow. In, in bookings. So it's just a matter of kind of working that, Hey, what's the value going to be or what do you get? What, what price do you have to buy at in order to be able to still get a return on the money? So if we're in there at three or you know three or four hundred thousand dollars, and we have to get a return on four hundred grand. The return's not going to be great. Yeah. But if we're in there at a couple hundred thousand, you know, with furniture and all that kind of stuff, then the return starts looking really, really good. And and what dollar figure? Because I'm getting clients who are like, oh, I want to buy an investment property. I have a two, uh, you know, I can qualify for two hundred. I'm like, if you have two hundred cash, you can qualify for eight hundred, and that would do it. But I mean, what price range do you really need to start being realistic? Um. I mean, right now I've got guys looking in the in the fives, and we're still not finding anything. Um, it's kind of pushing us down to like Tempe, which I just don't think that the demand is there year round to get a return on five hundred thousand. You know, when we started, you know, helping people buy these what five? How long ago? Six, seven years ago now. Um, you know, we were buying at five hundred or you know three fifty or in the fours, and that was definitely a little bit more. You know, the returns was a lot better, and now we're like into the sevens and eights and that's where you're you know even the the rent the nightly rent hasn't gotten up hasn't gone up enough to cover like being up in like a million or you know million two million five okay you really need to get it if you're going to do that you need to go to like three million and a house that can charge you know two or three grand a night okay and and those numbers sound high for people but we've seen you know snowbirds paying 10 15 thousand a month pretty easily on some luxury homes and that's pretty standard now yeah, we had a guy coming out here to look for a $4 million house last summer or just this past summer and his he was coming out for a month and his budget was like 30 grand and we couldn't find him anything. Yeah. Cuz he waited too long. It's he's like, crazy. "Oh, no, those those rates are going to go down." And then like 2 weeks later he's like, "There's nothing to rent." And I'm like, "I told you." Uh, it was funny. I was in Bozeman fly fishing a week and a half ago uh, with a client and, you know, it was one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda. Everybody you talked to is like, oh, I should have bought my property here. Oh, I'm running it. I really should have bought something because now I'm getting kicked out of my rental because they're going to tear my building down and put up a rental building, you know? Um, so we're seeing even the towns, like these peripheral towns uh, that are popular. I mean, it's a great little town. Don't get me wrong. It was it was gorgeous and a lot of fun, but they're starting at 450 for the smallest house, two bedroom, one bath. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, because they don't have a bad part of town. I mean- it's just all Bozeman, right? <laughs> it's all one. It's like, you know, it's smaller than Flagstaff. And you said it's just beautiful there, right? Oh, gorgeous. I mean, I, it, there's rivers running through the entire thing, and uh, fly fishing's a big thing there, but college town, but they're seeing all this money. So um, I never saw, and the number I looked at was if you want to be on the water, you're about $8 million. And don't ask for a nice house, just be on the water. But everything on the water is going to be a big property. So you're typically looking at 20 acres or more. That sounds um, nice. Yeah. And, but, you know, we looked at some properties that were, you know, 18 million, but they're on 250 acres. So, you know, you got 250 acres on the water, best fly fish in the world, just mountains all over the place, elk and deer and, and just ridiculous. How long was the flight to get out there? Uh, it took us about seven hours because we had to go to Minnesota and then to Bozeman. There was that one quicker flight, but there's no direct flights. Gotcha. Um, and one of the things we talk about Arizona is it's easy to get to everywhere. 
It is. I mean, you can be up in Flagstaff. You just got a place up in Flagstaff. Yeah. And, and you know, I had to go up there just for the day for some furniture delivery there day. It's two hours up, two and a half hours back, or two hours and a half hours up, two hours back, because it's downhill. Yep. And <laughs> on a Sunday, it's four hours back. I got lucky. There was not real bad traffic. There's one accident. There's always been an accident or a brush fire or something when you go to Flagstaff. Uh, one of the big annoying things is uh, when you do get a place out of town here, um, you've got to deal with these freeways and, and uh, they're just not wide enough. Now, I won't say there's a lot of traffic. They're just really not wide enough to handle the traffic that they have. That's true. And I-17 is just one of the worst anyways. Yeah, because you get one little fender bender and the whole thing shuts down. Um, but going back on that, you know, um, we were going to think about VRBO in our place up there. And I don't think we're going to, at least for the first year. Um, but if we VRBO it for two weeks of the month, it way pay for itself. Totally. I mean, there's really, it's tough to find stuff up in Flagstaff to rent. Oh, yeah. You know, because um, we were renting one over there, uh, even, even during the week, 260 a night during the week. Yeah, that's you not know? bad. And that, was, that wasn't bad at all. And that was a weekday, but they're like, you got to be out here for the weekend because the weekend we're going to double triple. Um, and it was that was off season. So, um, yeah, because I have a lot of people, you know, they think about the investment part. And, um, you know, I'm looking at one client right now and she said, can you reevaluate my rent? She never raises the rent. She's a great person, inherited a bunch of properties. She has 13 rental properties. And she was shocked because she was charging on leases. I, I helped her put together just three years ago were 800 a month. And she, I never changed the rent on those. She's what are they rent for now. I'm like 17, 1800 a month, thousand dollars <laughs> more a month. She's like, can I kick those people out? I'm like, yes, you can. Because <laughs> <laughs> our contracts in Arizona go month to month. And at that point you can just tell them I'm not going to renew unless you want to pay the new rent. Right. Uh, but yeah, so she's looking at a windfall. She's going to make an extra 10 grand a month with what the rents are now. And I don't see them going down. No, that's, and that's a nice number too. And, you know, getting an extra 10, I mean, you figure, if you figure you're leaving that on the table, I mean, how long, you know, she could have by not paying attention to it. Yeah. And thank goodness for her, she, they're all paid off. So this is just pure cash. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, thankfully one of the legacies she got, and we all kind of want to think this way. And we really try to preach this to younger people is leave property to your kids. I know there's estate taxes and all this type of stuff, but she was left a lot of property from her dad. And, uh, you know, what a great legacy every month to be getting a thank you kind of from your parents. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, my parents did not do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I used to, when, you know, my dad was pretty handy and I always used to joke, I'm like, why didn't you ever own any properties? Like, I never wanted to be a landlord. I'm like, but then hire a property management company. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do here at Everlife. Um, So things we do, and, and we, we kind of been talking about investors, but that's kind of a niche. And we have clients that really want to play in the real estate market. Maybe it's not th- the right time for them to buy their own home um, because maybe the market's inflated where they are, but they can always take that money and go buy an investment property. Absolutely. I mean, it's, real estate's never going to be a bad investment. No. I mean, it, you know, land scares me a little bit. I always call that an alligator. It keeps eating while you're sleeping because <laughs> um, you're just paying and paying and paying. There's no return on it. Right. But boy, the second you put any kind of structure on it in Arizona, you make money. Absolutely. Now it's been, and it's been nice to kind of get, you know, get more familiar with that investment side because it really, there's always going to be people that want to invest in real estate or understand how to invest in real estate. Um, and so it's, you know, kind of guarantees you a book of clients for life. Yeah. And th- there's a specialty to it. I mean, you're, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, doing this twice as long as you have yet your spreadsheets are to the dollar. Yeah. Cause we want, and we always go a little conservative, but we want everybody to know what they're, what they're getting into. You know, and we can tell within a couple minutes if it's going to make sense or not. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, we had an agent that worked for us, and she always used to try to bring us some flips. 
And she'd be like, oh, this one's great. You can make whatever. And we plug it in the spreadsheet. Like, we're going to lose money. <laughs> like, or like, we're not going to risk a half a million dollars to make 12. Yeah. It's just not worth it. And, and you see, it, when you and I were doing them, we wanted to spread about $150,000. And that left us a typically 1,800 square foot house. We could do the flip and make some money. Yep. You know, um, pay whoever would lend us the money for the, for the, flip and got done now we're seeing people willing to jump in at like fifty seventy thousand dollars just to keep their crews going yeah and i mean you know if you're a volume-based flipper then you can do that but if you're just kind of doing like a one-off you know we had i remember seeing some guys like i i won't touch it unless there's you know one hundred and fifty thousand. we're like well then you're not going to do any flips for a while because there's no nothing's going to have that kind of spread um so um you know it's just we got to get you know there's no inventory for that. And I know there's guys still doing it, but they're doing work way cheaper than you and I can get it done for. Yeah. I mean, I know people that can do a uh, total kitchen for $7,000. And I couldn't crazy. touch that. No. Yeah. I couldn't touch it. Um, we're seeing a lot more. We talk about kitchens, bathrooms. You know, we have to see a lot more people just painting cabinets and throwing quartz countertops on. Yep. Been seeing a lot of that even in the million dollar range. Yeah. Which is really? Really tough to see. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, painting cabin does not hold very long. It starts scraping and peeling and. Um, you know, but in Arizona, it's kind of a pretty box. You know, we don't think about things that are going to last long term. So the people who come from like the, let's say you come from Connecticut. And well, this house is 200 years old. I'm like, yeah, we would have built four houses on that lot easily <laughs> in 200 years. <laughs> well, the downside is too, like you're just looking at where our value is gone, that you're paying a million bucks for painted cabinets, you know, depending on what area you want to be in. And that's tough for a lot of people. But if the house you can, if you make the house pretty enough, and it appeals to, you know, someone's wife, they'll buy it. Yeah. And I'm shocked at how unhandy people are. And and when people are unhandy, they don't realize they're buying low quality. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent. No, there's a big difference between, you know, IKEA and Copenhagen. Yet it looks the same on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say we're we're putting in uh IKEA cabinets in a remodel that we're doing right now and um and it's a remodel for a vacation rental client. And this guy bought this house a while back. He said, hey, I'm going to put some money into it. It's going to increase his you know, revenue on the house for sure. But we did it some Ikea cabinets, and the quality's great. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, you know, as long as you have to put it together yourself. The, exactly. The left for whatever cabinet <laughs> that you have to build. <laughs> I've cursed those. They come with an Allen wrench. They should come with a hammer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good move for them because he didn't. Hey, we know we're going to get this guy so frustrated. He's going to have to buy more cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this one together for you if you want. Twice the price and you got to have bought one that you failed on first. Right. There you go. <laughs> uh, but staying on the investment part. So, um, you know, we have Sean Baird really he- heading off our, our commercial division. A lot of people want to buy that. We've got some clients out there looking for, I gave him one the other day, office condo. Um, you know, it's a great investment if you don't, if you want to own the property and then rent it back to yourself. Huge tax benefits for that. Oh, yeah. If you're a business. Um, you know, something we should look at doing. Um, we like retail space and trying to find something you can buy in Arizona. No one's letting that go. Yeah, not anymore. We had a couple opportunities a year or so ago and we did not take them. Yeah, I can kick it myself. Uh, <laughs> I have to walk right by one every day to get to work. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we're still seeing things turn over. Like we're in Old Town Scottsdale for our first office. Our second office is over there at Shea and Tatum, which we're going to visit today. We should be just about done with that one. Uh, but the Old Town Scottsdale... Uh, boy, these businesses, you see them come and go really quick. I mean, they have an uh, average, I think, 
is seven days vacancy, which is ridiculously fast for retail. Absolutely. So they don't even care about personal guarantor. Like we're going to take your security deposit. You're going to lose that. Get the heck out. We're going to bring someone else back back in. Um, shocking. And yeah, they well, even last year, once you know COVID kind of started hitting, we saw a lot of the you know mom and pop shops around here just out. Yeah. And then came back the next week and everything was full again. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm shocked at it at how fast it's turned over here. But Arizona's great. I mean. I was with a client yesterday, and he literally goes, why wouldn't you live here? He goes, I've lived in so many cities. I lived in, uh, overseas. He lived in Europe for a while. And he goes, I just always come back to Arizona. He goes, when I retired, I was naturally coming back here. He goes, it's just too easy. He goes, the weather's the same every day. He goes, things are a little more priced than they used to be, but they're not California prices. They're not California type of traffic. You can fly in and out real easy. He's like, this is just the easiest place I've ever lived. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're, they're, it's not a bad place to be. When, like we were saying in the beginning, accessibility to k- going to California, Mexico. Um, You're going to Vegas next week. Going to Vegas next week, um, and that's you know, it, it's nice to be able to just get up and go up to Flagstaff for a couple hours. And you know, once we get out of this heat, please, <laughs> we get out of this heat. Um, you know, then it's nice here for six months. It's Halloween. Halloween's when I gauge it. If it's still yep. hot at Halloween, I'm a little mad. When every year it's still a little warmer at Halloween. Oh, I know. <laughs> so and I'm like, it's Thanksgiving and it's 88 degrees. What is going on? <laughs> um, the flags have place. I'm feeling bad. I don't go to California as much. Cause yeah. I used to, I'm like, oh, can I go to my, I have a place and flag. I should use that and not go to the beach. But we've been thinking, I haven't gone to the beach in a while. We didn't go to Coronado this year. Went to Hawaii. Yep. Um, which was cool. Um, but we love going to Coronado. And if you, anybody knows Coronado and you go there in July, there is no one there that isn't from Arizona. That's true. We take over the entire island. <laughs> <laughs> even the Henry's open there now. So even our restaurants are there. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that, that they did that. Yeah, they built that a couple years ago. Nice. Um, yeah. So stay at the, the Dell and uh, the haunted hotel there that smells musty. <laughs> you pay a fortune <laughs> for it, but it's right on the beach. And the guys will bring out your little chairs for you. Sounds a little bougie, but it works. Yep. Hey, um, bougie's not always bad. <laughs> you earn bougie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so a couple of things there. The investors also, we're seeing a lot of people who, because they own property here, right off the trip, which is kind of cool. I have some people that, hey, I own property there, and especially Canadians. I can write off my trip to go visit my property. And uh, so they come down here and play golf for the week and visit their rental property and write the whole thing off. See, the nice thing about having the vacation rental management business is every trip is a business trip oh, because go. we're just looking at different markets. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> In an expansion. Yeah. I got to see your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of fun. And and we love seeing people make money. I mean, I love that, you know, I try to actually coach people when I sell them their first house that let's say they're 23, 24 years old, they're going to buy that, that first condo. I actually tell them, I said, buy something that you'll never sell. What do you mean? Don't I need to sell this to buy my next one? No. Stay in it long enough that you can buy the second property and keep the first one as a rental property. Absolutely. You know, and I go, then you're going to start building a fortune. You know, by the time you're 23, you're actually got that foot in the door. And hopefully by the time you're 30 or 40, you've got three or four of these things. You know, and they don't have to be great, especially in Arizona. Everything rents. That's Yeah, everything does rent. I'm not saying being a slumlord, but... At the same time, you don't need to go buy a Taj Mahal. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I was looking just for a client, um, or they were looking, they came to me for help. They were looking for a one-bedroom, one-bath. Why? <laughs> it's just them, you know? Yeah. And they're like, I just need a place, live half the year here, 
just need to play or work half the year here. Just need a place. And I was surprised at the rents on a one bedroom, one bath. And I would always tell people, don't even buy those. They're just not even worth good investments. Right. But it looks like I was wrong. Interesting. What were they renting for? That's just stupid money. Yeah. Like, you know, over 1200 for for a one bedroom, one bath. Nothing. You know, 600 square feet. Right. Um, but again, if that's that floats your boat, and there's a lot of them out there. Well, the nice thing is, is, you know, FHA loan limits still up high enough. So if you are that first time home buyer and we're trying to get into a rental, you, you can do it. I mean, you can get a nice little single family. It may not be in the area you want to be in, but just take what you can get, you know? Yeah. I'm uh, Right now, I think that's a lot of what we need to tell people, especially renters. I mean, you're not going to, you don't own it. You don't need to look at a hundred of them. If you get one that fits your price range and your location, you're kind of almost there. That's 90% of it. If it's nice inside, you're, you're a bonus. Right. Um, but most of the stuff I'm seeing for rent is actually remodeled. You know, people are going in there remodeling before they put them on rentals, which is nice. That Everybody's is, getting a nice property. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I got these guys that are, they own a lot of long-term rentals as well. And it's nice to see them go in and like, you know, do the new carpet or, you know, new flooring, upgrade the kitchen appliances a little bit. It just makes it that much more attractive for, for the tenants. Yeah. And I mean, you should treat it like you own it or that you're going to live there yourself and make it a little nice. Um, we don't represent here at Urban Lux. We typically don't represent uh, properties that are subpar. It just comes back to bite us. Correct. So, uh, you know, we're taking care of a couple of things right now for people. And, you know, we're welcome to. We're happy to, to make sure we enjoy the property they're staying in. They deserve it. They're paying big dollars for it right now. Absolutely. Uh, and, which is different because we're seeing, the, um, you know, we talk, people ask me every day about the iBuyers. So those companies that go out and buy houses and put them right back on the market. So, you know, not to be specific, but the Zillow's, the open doors, that type of stuff. And I always have to apologize before I open the door. I show a client, oh, this one is an iBuyer. They bought it. They're going to flip it. And you walk in now, they don't do anything. They don't even vacuum. I mean, there's bugs in the carpet. <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm like, and they go, how can they show it this way? They go, everything sells right now. And these guys don't mind losing money if they, if, you know, they have big budgets. It's crazy because I never see them really make money. I mean, most, I see them lose money most times. Yeah. And so they're, they'll come and go, Yeah, but it's hard to show property when they own the properties. Yeah. And you never, doing a deal with them is the worst. Yeah. Cause they, they, oh, I, I'm not in charge of that. So like, well, I taught you, aren't you the realtor? Yeah. I'm not really the realtor. <laughs> There's another guy. <laughs> and we've got our own contract. And by the way, we're changing all these terms. Yeah. And by the way, we have to do this. Uh, I had a client and you know, I don't want to mention the company name, um, that 72 would be in the name, but uh, the client actually had to, they bought a house five years ago. They sold it. They didn't have to write a check to close escrow. In this market, had to write a check. Wow. I shocked. And I'm like, you should talk to someone and not me. I can't get involved. Uh, but um, they just told him your house is not sellable and we have to sell it to an investor. And I know the condition. It was a fine house. I mean, not spectacular, but it was a, a C plus, you know? <laughs> and um, so you got to be careful who you work with. When you would talk about these big companies, you know, whose interests are they looking for? Yeah. And the thing that I don't like, I mean, you know, we, I think, pride ourselves on, on knowing the contract in Arizona really, really well. And we want our agents to know it really, really well. Um, but when these companies come in and start trying to modify all these different terms, it makes it, you know, it makes it a, not, I don't want to say scary, but it is a little scary because you're yeah. in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, this is an approved contract. Why do you guys need to change it the way we operate here? Yeah. Just to conform to your model. And we have a great contract. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I started the business. We have a two-page contract for the most part. And uh, now it is, everything is so fleshed out. It really covers all parties. It's still a little buyer happy, which is good because the buyer's taking the risk. You know, buyer beware. Yep. So this gives them a lot, a lot of protection, which they need. Um, we have great inspection period. Everything in our contract I love. So when people want to change it, again, like you said, why? Yeah. Why? Who are you trying to protect? Exactly. You know, Or who are you trying to hurt? And lots of people don't mind hurting someone. No, and that's why these companies are so big that, you know, they're able to flex that muscle a little bit and there's not much we can do because if they're buying up all the inventory and we have to go through it, but it's not never, it hasn't been a fun experience. No, and we start seeing, oh, we don't present offers that aren't our own. Well, you can't do that. We won't present any offers that don't waive the appraisal. Well, you really shouldn't have to be able to do do that that. either. (laughs) (laughs) And so they put in these terms in there that just harm the client so much or take so much risk. And the risk flows over to us. I mean, we have fiduciary duty to tell a client, yes, I think you should do this. More often, like, no, I don't think you should do this. However, if you want to get the house, you have to. Right. Which is tough. But we're in that market. Um, Cool. I just wanted to run through a couple of things today on this podcast. We're going to tighten it up and we're going to keep this one a little short. Um, But investment wise, talk to Dave Westbrook. He knows the numbers backwards and forwards um, can put you in a property or a VRBO and can manage it. Absolutely. 602-980-0556. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a business. Uh, anybody else, if you want to sell a home, call me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to buy a home, uh, call Dave. Call Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for the Urban Lux podcast. Lux Lounge. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Lux Lounge podcast the official podcast of Urban Lux Real Estate, located in Old Town Scottsdale, Arizona. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a five-star review on your podcast player of choice, follow the show on Instagram, or subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have questions for Joe and Dave, feel free to write in to luxloungepod at gmail.com. We may talk about your question on the show. If you would like to learn more about Urban Lux Real Estate, please visit our website, urbanluxre.com, for more information. This podcast was produced by T-Door Productions. Intro music by Doug Maxwell. Outro music by Track Tribe.